and good morning. It's such a pleasure to be here in the house of the Lord this morning. Um, definitely didn't expect that from Doc. Don't always um, know what's going to come out of his mouth, but anyway. <laughs> but we appreciate each and every one of you here um, today. Um, you know, how many of us know that each and every one of us is fighting a battle? Our battles are all different, some health, um, some financial, some emotional, spiritual. But always know one thing, that you are never forgotten. Never. Within God's eyes, you are never forgotten. You are never the girl that's forgotten. You're the never the boy that's forgotten. School, well, I was never a great student at school, but, you know, I did the best that I knew how to do in school. And, you know, I can't imagine, I remember the peer pressures that I had in school, but the peer pressures that you have in school today are a lot different and a lot harder than the peer pressures that we went through in our day and age. And so I say that to say this, is just stand strong, like Doc said, and God will see you through. People might look at you and laugh and mock at you, and, um, but know who you are in Christ. And that's the most important thing is knowing who you are in Christ. And that is what will get you through every time is knowing who you are and not falling for the lies of the enemy. If I look like this or if I'm this size or if I'm this color or whatever the case may be, God loves you for who you are. And each and every one of us is unique in that. Okay, so now I'm finished preaching, um, just for the, <laughs> for the minute. So I'm going to start off today with the fun part, and I'm leaving the preaching to my husband. Um, but um, I just want to say thank you to Pastor Ron and to this body. Um, you know, we are the body of Christ, and we don't all look alike. We don't all have the same part in the body of Christ. Some are eyes, some are nose, some are ears, some are, you know, you know the, the body anatomy. But anyways, um, but what we do is an extension of you because this is our home church. You support us. And so when we go out, you go out. And um, you had your clothing drive a, a couple months ago. And um, wow, what a blessing to the community. But your blessing extended beyond what you realize and what you know. And clothes that were giving us, given to us by individual um, people. And so the day of the clothes drive, I walk back to the back and I'm looking and I'm like, okay, Lord, we're going to take all these clothes and there is no ways that these are going to fit in the back of our truck. None whatsoever. So I said a little prayer under my breath, and I said, Lord, I said, extend the back of our truck because there's no ways that we can get these clothes into the back of our truck. And so there was a whole bunch of us, and they were bagging up clothes and bagging clothes, and the bags just kept coming and coming and coming, and I'm just like, God, I just thank you that you get them in there. And so my husband and Jim Derricks were in the back of the truck and they're stomping, you know, on them and poking holes in them to get the air out, you know, and I'm just keep continuing to pray and pray and pray. And finally the last bag comes and I'm like, oh, I'm like, thank you, Jesus, we got it. And we get it closed and, and we're like, okay, you know, we're, we're ready for our trip. Um, 
and it was going up to Wyoming. And so we get home, and there's a lady there, and she's like, guess what? She's like, I, I've been going through my closet, and I've got clothes for you. And I'm thinking, I have nowhere to put these. Where am I going to put them? You know, and then she was excited. She's like, and my daughter-in-law gave a bag, too. You know, and they're probably about, like, 80 pounds. And I said to Steve, I said, I don't have the heart to tell her, no, we can't take them, you know. So we put them in our shower. <laughs> so anyways, but it was a trade-off, but it was great. But, you know, when you start a journey... Does anybody know the things that they're going to experience along the way? No, nobody does. And um, we had a few um, incidences before we even got to Wyoming. And uh, we arrived in uh, Aurora, and I love thrift store shopping. That's like my therapy. I love to shop. And um, so I, we got there, and I said to my husband, it was just such a quaint little town, and I love to give back to the community. And so I said, can we just go for some thrift store therapy? And he's like, okay, you know, I mean, you've got a lot of therapy in the back there. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not mine. Like, I want to do some more therapy, you know. And so we went off, and there was this boutique, and it was called the Purple Toad. And uh, so we walk in, and a really nice just boutique, you know, and but secondhand clothes and so I'm, you know, walking around, and I'm looking, and this gentleman comes up, and you know how you just get that sense that there's just something different about that person, but um, not the difference that you, how should I put it, um, not the difference that the world accepts. Let me just put it that way. And so... You know, this gentleman comes up, and he starts talking to Steve, and he's talking to Steve, and you can tell he's very closed and just, you know, very hardened, and we start talking, and he said, you know, he's like, I was adopted, and we just, people just seem to open up to us. I don't, it must be him and his tattoos, I, I don't know, his rough exterior, you know, because nobody ever comes up to me and starts, you know, conversations, you know. No, I lie. But anyways, in the church of God, I'm sorry. Anyways. <laughs> So they're, Steve's there talking to him, and, and uh, all right, I ask for forgiveness. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Anyway, so, uh, so he's there, and he's talking to Steve, and they're having this, you know, a conversation, and I'm just shopping, you know, pretending like I'm not listening, right? And so, you know, he said, you know, I was adopted, and, you know, I was just a very difficult child growing up. And my parents sent me to boarding school, and that was the best thing that, they could have done for me and I you know I, I truly appreciate it and he said I grew up in church he's like and I know the word and he's like but I've chosen a different lifestyle and Steve the whole time is just listening 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 you know and and um, you know of course Steve says you know well he said well what do you do and you know that's always a loaded question you know so you kind of dance around the subject for a little bit and then you go for the punch and uh, he's like, well, I was the chief chaplain for the state of Illinois. Well, he became even more tighter. And he's like, and, you know, my wife was the executive secretary at, you know, our home church, which then he became really tight, you know. And so you could just tell by his posture, you know, it was just going nowhere. And all of a sudden, God just said to me, he's like, go to the car and go get this book. And I'm, so I went to the car and 
I went to go get borrowed offenses. And he says, I know the word of God. I've been raised in church. And he's like, but I've been rejected by the church because of my lifestyle. I asked if I could serve church, serve in church, and they said, no, you're welcome to be a member, but you can't serve in church. And my heart broke because how are we to change the world if we can't love people where they're at and show them the love of Christ and show them that Christ is the answer? Now, we love the person, not the sin, right? Pastor says that all the time, and that is correct. We do love the people, but not the sin. And he's like, I got so badly hurt. And he's like, and I sat down with the pastor after my mom passed away. And he's like, I know the word. And I'm thinking, okay, you know the word. And so we were starting to finish up. And I went to him and I said, sir, I said, I am sorry. I said, for the hurt that you've experienced. And I said, but the thing that you have to realize is it's not about religion. It's about relationship. And once you figure your relationship with God, everything else will line up. It's not for me to judge. It's not for anybody to judge. You'll stand before your maker, and he will judge you accordingly. And you know the word. And, you know, with that, he just started to soften. And just as we were about to leave, he's like, hey, hey, man. He's like, can I give you a hug? I'm thinking, what about me? Am I sliced bread? I mean, what, what's going on here, you know? And, so, you know, so Steve reaches in, you know, and gives him a hug, and he kind of looks at me, and I kind of look at him, and he's like, well, can I give you a hug, too? <laughs> I said, you know, sure. You know, seeds are planted wherever you go, and it's how you handle each situation that matters the most. Do we always handle it right? No. But when we don't, we just ask God for forgiveness, and we continue on, and he will be faithful to even continue to um, uh, grow within the people that, that you touch. And so we're off and down the road. We get to Kimberly, Nebraska, and we pull up and we're parking, and this lady comes over and she starts talking. And I'm just like, and of course, not to me, to my husband. I'm somewhere else. You know, and Steve's like, Tina, come here. And I'm like, okay. And She's like, oh, my goodness. She's like, you're from Illinois. And we just started talking. And um, come to find out that she uh, worked with the Bureau of Indian Affairs. And she's been having a hard time with um, the Native Americans and really knowing who they are in Christ. And we had the material right there to be able to bless her and said, take this and see if it doesn't help you. And she was so excited. And I, I just look at Steve, and I'm like, okay, that was a God moment, you know? And so, you know, we just have experienced all along the way up to Wyoming. And I'm going to explain Wyoming um, to you real quick. The name of the church is Foundation for Nations. And uh, last year, we went up, and um, a few ladies gave some clothes. And they are in uh, Wooden River, Wyoming, and they're right in the heart of um, Rapaho Shoshone. I could never get them right. Thank God for my husband. Anyways, uh, the Rapaho Shoshone. And um, we went up there, and we had never met these people before in our life. And so we pull up, and actually we were headed there, and I, I kept, the Holy Spirit just kept saying, 
text message and make sure that they know that you're coming. And I'm like, of course, we've been text messaging for six months. I know they know that we're coming. And Holy Spirit just, and I'm like, okay. And I said, honey, I said, I'm just going to text and make sure that they know we're coming. And he's like, honey, he's like, I've got all the correspondence. They know we're coming. I said, I just don't know what it is, but I just feel that I need to text. So he's like, okay. So I text message and, and uh, she's like, this weekend? And I'm thinking, that's not a good, it's not a good, not a good response. And I'm like, yes, this weekend. And she's like, oh, I thought it was next weekend. We're going to be out of town. And I was like, you know, immediately, yes, and I'll admit, I went into the flesh. I'm like, we have traveled 2,000 miles for you to forget, you know? And I'm staying next to, you know, Steve, and Steve just like, he's like, babe, I swear, I gave him the right dates, you know? So I went back through the text messages, you know, and I'm like, yeah, you did, <laughs> you know? And um, so at that point, I was like, okay, God. And I said, I don't know what we're going to do here, but I know that you're going to it's going to work out for your good. And so they said, hey, could you make it by tomorrow and we'll have breakfast before we leave? And I'm thinking tomorrow, I'm like, we have 600 miles to do before tomorrow. And I'm like, okay, God, I'm like, we're going to try and, and, and make this work. And so we did. We went and God really just blessed us and really just knit our hearts together with theirs. And, um, I was sitting there and I was thinking because she said, you know, they have uh, clothing drives, you know, and uh, where people come in and they have a food pantry much like this. And then they have where you can come and you can you can get clothes. And I was like, man, I should have thought we could have brought the clothes from last year here and they could have, you know, they could have used them. So. I immediately started text messaging Tara and I said, Tara, I said, I am so sorry. I said, I remember you saying, you know, you want to get rid of all these clothes. And, and I'm like, I didn't even think about it. And I said, next year, I will take the clothes, or we will take the clothes, and we'll take them to Wind River. And um, what an abundance of clothes. So this year, anyways, we pull up, and they're expecting us this year, the right dates. So that was a good thing. And um, so we pull up, and, you know, when you walk into a place and you're like, what can I do for you? Obviously, when you say that, you open the door to have to do whatever it is that they ask you to do. And if anybody knows me, I detest painting. It's just not my forte. And so, you know, Steve walks in and says, hey, you know, what can I do? I mean, he gets the cool job. He gets to hang from the rafters, you know. And I walk in and they're like, can you paint? I'm like, um, can I? Yes. Um, do I want to? No. But you did ask what I can do. So I said, give me a brush. Let's go for it. And so eight ceilings later, uh, we completed eight ceilings, and we were there for uh, about, what, a day, day and a half, and they worked us. They worked us real hard. But um, in the meantime, a lady came out, and the pastor introduced us to her, and she's like, she's the lady that runs the woman's, um, will be helping running the woman's shelter and the children's shelter, and she's the one that gives out clothes. And I said, oh, hi, how are you? And I said, you know, I said, we have some clothes for you, which I'm sure she thought two or three bags, right? I mean, wouldn't you think that? And so she's like, well, if you follow me, you know, to the mission, she's like, we can offload 
you know, the truck. And I was like, okay, cool. So we get there and we roll it back and we open the back of it and her face and her eyes just got huge. And I'm telling you, it was bag after bag after bag. I mean, we had a probably a line from the back chairs all the way to your front chairs of clothes from Grace Church. And this is what I'm saying about you. We extended, you extended from here 2,000 miles away to another need. And the most awesome thing was, she said to me, she's like, you know, I had a lady come in yesterday or the last week, and she said, you know, she was looking for clothes for her kids, and we just don't have anything new or anything modern or anything nice. And, and she's like, I just said to her, I said, you know what? She's like, let's see what we have next week. So I asked her, I said, did you even know we were coming? She's like, no. With everyone getting ready for the opening of the church, nobody told her. Nobody told her at all that we were coming. And um, she was so excited. And I told her, I said, you know, I said, God, what you said was in faith. And you had no clue that we were coming. God knew we were coming. God knew what we were bringing to meet a need. But through grace, church, that need was met far beyond what any of you can think or imagine. It's a very poor nation, you know, and it's, it's really not even funny to, it's not, I can't say it's funny to say because it's not really funny to say, but, you know, and, and hear my heart, yes, missions go out all across the world, and, and they should because they're hurting people all over. But some of the nations that we drove through was like a third country. You would never believe that they're in the backyard of the USA. And they are people that are forgotten, you know, and there are people that are hurting, but they're not the only people that are forgotten and hurting. There's a lot of people in this world that are forgotten and hurting. And there's only one answer, and that answer is Jesus. And so as we left, and we went up to Montana, we went up to Libby, Montana, um, just to relax and unwind from all of that. And so we're staying there, and we're camping, and I see this guy drive by on a bicycle. And I said to Steve, I said, I saw a square on the back of his, the back of his leg. He's like, oh, he's probably been released from from jail. So I said, okay. I said, that's great. And the next day, the guy comes back down and of course, Steve's outside, you know, he's like, hey, Steve's like, hey, man, how are you? He's like, I'm good. How are you? And um, I hear I'm in the, I'm in the trailer and I'm hearing the conversation, but just little bits and pieces of the conversation. And he's like, um, you have something for me. Steve's like, what? He's like, you have something for me. And Steve's like, I don't know. Like, what do, what do I have for you? Like, you know, and he's like, I do. And he's like, yeah, he's like, I was driving through. And he's like, and God told me to stop that you had something for me. And Steve went to the car and he got the book Borrowed Offenses. And he went to the gentleman and he just opened up and started telling us about his life. And he was an alcoholic and he's been to jail and he's just released. And I said, that explains a little square on the back <laughs> of his ankle, you know. And Steve was able to minister to him, and he just opened up. And we got back home, and we also sent him some, you know, more materials. And um, from there, we went to Tahoga, and that was probably one of the most interesting trips that we took. Ta Tahoga? North Dakota. Yeah, okay. Um, Tahoe. 
Anyways, I can't pronounce it. There's a lot of things I can't pronounce. My husband will clean up after me when I'm done here. But um, <laughs> um, so we pulled up in Tioga, and uh, we park. And my husband always notices things, you know, different things that I just don't notice. And so we're parked next to this camper, and it had this thing on the door. And I'm thinking, okay, you know, I don't know what it is. And Steve knew immediately what it was. And a few minutes later, the people come and. He's like, hey, he's like, you from Louisiana, you went to Angola, you know, and he's like, yeah, I'm from, and he's like, I bet you know a friend of mine, just randomly, right, just random, and uh, he's like, Burl Kane, he's like, I know Burl Kane, me and my, me and his son and my son played football together, and Steve started talking to him, it's always Steve, you know, and uh, you've got a bigger mouth. Yeah, that's true. And um, so Steve started talking to him, and they just had so much commonality. And Steve blessed him with a book, and he blessed Steve with a mat. So, because he saw him kneeling down on, on the ground, I don't know, probably playing with the sewer pipe or something. And um, so he was like, you know, we're not getting any younger. He's like, I got a spare mat here. And I'm just sitting there laughing, you know, because I'm a little younger, as you might be able to tell. But Anyways, so I don't need kneeling mats just yet, but, you know, next year I might, seeing that, you know, I'll be 50 next year. So, um, anyways, so God opened that door, too, to really just be able to minister to this gentleman. And every day since we left, him, his name is Jeff, right? Jeff and Steve text message every day. And he just says how much of an encouragement that this has been to him. And they have just been encouraging each other. And then they had a, a fair. And oh, I love fairs. Like, I love to go to fairs. My husband really, I don't think he realized what he got into when he married me. But um, he's learning and continues to learn and is very patient with me. And thank God for that. And uh, so we went to this fair. And I went to the first booth and there was a lady there and what attracted me to the booth was she just had these like and they were ugly I'm not even gonna lie but um there were these little babies and she had them all you know wrapped up and you know and I'll be honest I'm a very nosy person like my husband will tell you that too um and he'll be like no and I'm like yeah I, I just I gotta know you know and so I walk up to this booth and and um She's like, hi, how are you? And I said, oh, I'm good. I said, and what's up with these babies? Because they are ugly, but I didn't say that. And so she started explaining to me that um, she was physically abused as a child, as a teenager. And through that abuse, wound up being pregnant. And through that, she wound up having an abortion. And it's called Dakota Help and Hope Clinic. And what it is is it's a clinic where women come to that are either pregnant and don't know what to do or have had abortions and are dealing with the repercussions of after having an abortion or before even thinking about having an abortion. And I just, and earlier that day, we had given a book away, and the Holy Spirit told me, he said, take this other book. And I was like, nah, I won't need it. I'm going to a fair. 
What I mean, I'm going to go shop and see, what am I going to do with a book that says borrowed a fence walking around a fair, you know? And her story just grasped my heart. Because like we said, there are hurting people from every walk and direction in life. It might not be because you've been in an abusive situation, but it could be other things. And hurt is hurt. And she told me her testimony, and I just, I really just, my eyes just felt with tears. Because you sit and you look and you're like, how can one human being be so cruel to another human being? It doesn't even matter if it's race or not race. Woman against men, men against women, you know? And she said, but you know what? And I asked her, I said to her, because of the way she was talking, I said, are you faith-based? And she looked at me and she's like, yes. And she's like, I just want you to know that we turn nobody away. We don't turn anybody away. Everybody is welcome. And I said to Steve, I said, babe, would you go get me a book? And I'm thinking, God, I'm so sorry. I should have listened to you because you're always right. And I handed her the book. And she said, oh, my gosh. She's like, I needed this today. She's like, you will never know how much I needed this. And she's like, I do believe that God brought you across my path today. And in closing, I'm just going to say this, you know, we never know where God is going to use us, but always be open, willing, and available to walk through that door. Because we don't know what this person is looking for, what that person is looking for, what the next person is looking for. And we have people walking through this church door every day that are hurting, that need help that need encouragement. Sometimes it's just a word of encouragement, just to encourage a person to keep going, keep pushing, keep pushing through, no matter what, you know? And, um, you know, I was listening to a song before we got here, and it said, this is how we fight our battles. And it's so true. When we fight our battles, lift your hands, because that means that you surrender to God. You know, when there's an officer and, you know, and he, he's pulled over and says, get out of your car, you know, or stick him up, you know, you surrender. You put your hands up to know that you're not a threat. God is not a threat to us. But God is the only one that will help us through our situations. And sometimes we just have to surrender and surrender our all. Is it easy in the middle of our circumstances? Absolutely not. Is it easy when you're in the middle of that storm? Absolutely not. But there's one thing that I can say, and that is that God is faithful, and he is always faithful. And I'm not standing here saying that everything for me and for my husband has been easy because it hasn't been easy. You know, um, together we're good. Um, and we have a, a, an amazing, an amazing marriage. And, but I will say that, you know, it is really by the grace of God that we are standing here today. Um, and of course, you know, thank God for my mama, who's always on her knees praying for her children, and rightfully so, because there's been so many times while we have been out and traveling that we have almost, almost not made it home. But it's by the grace of God, because God is like, it's not your time. But when it is our time, we will go and we will be with the Lord and with the ones that we love. But I just want to thank each and every one of you today and say, 
Um, I appreciate every one of you and for this church and for the prayers that go up for us and know that when we are out there, you are out there. You know, that we are representing Grace Church, but most of all, we represent Jesus. And each and every one of us where we are today can do exactly that. All right, that's good. Thank you, Tony. You know, as Doc said, time kind of continues to move on and things have changed. But I'm still a work in progress. I don't know about the rest of you, but I'm still a work in progress. Doc, I was looking at my wife, very quickly I'm going to say this, my wife kind of prodded me to uh, gather together all these little, I call them knickknacks, things that that the uh, department, Illinois Department of Corrections gives you, you know, for things like for you know, you get an award for fighting, you know, and so they make you employee of the month, you know, and I've got a couple of those, you know, and then, you know, or uh, they give you a plaque for just all kinds of nonsense, you know. It seems like nonsense at the time. And she said, but I want to put these up, and I said, I look, you know, I don't need one of these bragging walls. And she said, you know, it's not bragging, honey. She said, it, this, is, this is about what God has done in your life from start to finish. And it's not finished and it's not over yet. But <clears throat> we pulled out a bunch of these plaques and one of the frame plaques, uh, things of documents we had, 31 years and eight months ago, Doc, your signature, Pastor Ron's signature, and Ed Spiller's signature is on my ordination papers from Grace Bible Church, 31 years, eight months ago. Prior to that, I was... Uh, licensed to open and to serve Salem Baptist Church the Water Street Rescue Mission and we worked with drug addicts prostitutes uh, gangbangers and all kinds of such folks you know but uh, God has brought us quite a long ways or at least he's brought me quite a long ways and uh, I just wanted to again say thank you to to you the body of Christ here at Grace and to Pastor Ron and the elders for believing and catching the vision of what it is that we see and what we do because everything we do is about people you know we're blessed we're blessed to go and we're blessed to see and meet so many different types of people. Real quick story, Doc mentioned uh, motorcycles. And I'm, just briefly, Doc, you know, we stopped at a Love's truck stop one day and I had a chance to witness somebody. 
I'm walking into the men's room and here's three guys standing there like this to the entrance of the men's restroom. And I said, excuse me, guys, I need to, can't go in. I said, excuse you. And he said, you can't go in. And I said, uh, no, I'm going in. I have to go in. It's not a request. This is a must. It's a need. I have a need, and I need for you to move out of my way. Well, you know, Doc, sometimes my mouth overloads the rest of me sometimes. <laughs> what I didn't realize was I was speaking to the vice president and several of the club members of the Mongols Motorcycle Club. And... Uh, they made it quite clear to me that I was not go going to enter the restroom at that time. All of a sudden in the background I hear this grunting and groaning and sound like a big bull locked up in a china closet. And out emerges this gentleman who's very, very large. And he takes one look at me and he says, what's your problem? I said, uh, knucklehead here won't move because I need to use the restroom and I said, I've asked Knucklehead to move. And he looks at my Marine Corps hat and he said, you a Marine? I said, yes, sir. And he said, get out of that man's way and let him go to the bathroom. What's wrong with you? You know, God gives you favor when you don't merit favor. Because I'm standing there running my mouth, acting like an idiot, you know, and you know, and God's going, oh, Steve, just sometimes you just need to shut your mouth. Just shut your mouth, Steve. But, you know, but, you know, the thing of it is, is God has given us very, very much favor in what it is that we do. And all we do is go and love on people. I, want, I also want to say thank you to everyone who contributed and gave to the clothing drive that blessed the uh, women and children's shelter at Wind River. I want to thank Kevin and Sandy Prangy for giving us the gift. They blessed us with a gift that gives folks an opportunity to have a second life, a gift of Narcan. Many of the folks that we minister to um, deal with those issues. And thank you for giving them an opportunity to have another life, a chance at life, through your blessing us with that. The ministry, as Tina said, that we represent is Vic Porter Ministries, and we're a multicultural, multi-ethnic, and very diverse ministry. We're not just for Native nations, we're for people. It doesn't matter what color you are, it doesn't matter what race you are, it doesn't matter what language you speak. I don't care if you're Muslim, I don't care if you're Hebrew, it doesn't matter if you're Sikh or Buddhist or whatever. If you're a human being, we're going to love on you if you'll allow us. And we're going to share with you the love of Jesus Christ, you know, as long as you listen. Because, you know, folks, as you know, we're living in very dark days. And 
we need to be praying for our brothers and sisters in Israel. And we need to pray for the new speaker of our house that the United States of America will stand strong as an ally to our brothers and sisters in Israel, along with the other nations who are allied with Israel, because God has a plan and a purpose in these end days to use the nation of Israel to bring about his end time plans for our lives. But until that time, we're going to work. Amen? Amen. You know, I'm going to talk to you for just a few minutes about the harvest. Matthew 9, chapter 9, verses 37 and 38 says, The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. The harvest is truly plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Now, those two verses, that, those verses there talk about the need for laborers. God doesn't need us to, God needs us to work and to be active about his business. And his business is the people business, restoring lives. It's our job to tell people about what God has done, not only for us, but what God has done for all mankind, irregardless of race, creed, color, nationality, whatever. I've been blessed to have many, many opportunities to witness to Muslim men. And you know, at the, at the very end of our conversations, it's amazing. They will wrap their arms around and hug my neck and say, you know, we are brothers. We may not agree on everything, but we're brothers. Eventually we will be brothers in Christ. I believe that because we're going to love them into the kingdom of God. And our purpose in going is to do that. Now, Knowing that we're going to have to labor is like as Tina said, you know, you have, when, you, when you go to labor, you have to be prepared for anything. I think she gets the glamorous jobs, you know. No, I'm just kidding. <clears throat> you know, I, I don't mind swinging from the rafters and doing all kinds of crazy things. That's the fun part. But before we can, before we can go and become a laborer, we have to understand that we need to go. Go where? We have to go out to where the people are at. And by your gifting and supporting and praying for us, you enable us to, to go and do. You know, um, Tina and I, when, this, when, when the Lord first called us to do this, Tina's the brains, of, I, I don't know if you all know this, but, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, Tina is the brains of the family. You know, she, she's also the beauty in the family. So, you know, brains, beautiful, I mean, you know, uh, 
very smart when it comes to handling financial things. And I'm saying to her, I said, how can we, how can we accomplish what God has called us to do, you know, when we're doing this on pension and social security? And she's like, God will make a way, or there seems to be no way. God will make a way. And folks, I want you to know we've not lacked for anything. God has always provided. You know, it's, it's funny. God knows ahead of time what we have need of, and he, even, he, he, he prepares a way. I'll tell you a funny, real quick story. I go down to the Navajo store one day and was getting some propane filled up, and this elderly Navajo gentleman gets out of his truck, you know, and he comes over and he says, hey, my brother. I said, hey, my brother. He said, your tires are looking pretty bad. I said, yeah, they're a little worn. He said, a little worn? He said, I wouldn't drive across town with those. <laughs> I said, well, we got a little further than across town to go, but I said, I said, they'll make it. He said, well, I'm not so sure. I said, well, I get up every morning and I spray WD-40 over the top of my tires and anoint them with a WD-40 and I pray over them and I say, God, get us home with this set of tires. And you know what? God did. And I said, God, you know, you know what we need. So Tina had called a man down in Olin, Illinois at a little place called Honey's and, and uh the fellow that runs the place answered, and he, he knew what kind of tires Tina needed and what, we, what kind of work we do and where we go. And he said, you know what? He said, I got, I got four of these. We got four of the top-of-the-line tires. I'm going to set them aside for you. And uh, that way you'll have them for your next time you guys go out. So God is so good. But God's calling us to do two things. He calls us to go, and then he calls us to labor. Now, sometimes we get a little bit shake, shook, shook up. I'm all shook up. Okay. Sometimes we, we look at the circumstances and the situations surrounding us, and we say, but God, that's a very, very dark and dangerous place. And God, I'm not so sure that I really want to walk through that door. And God stands back and says, go. Go. I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. And folks, I want to encourage all of you. God will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He is not going to turn his back on you and run away from you and leave you standing holding the bag. God is going to equip you to do that which he has called you to do. But first you have to be willing to say, God, I am willing to go and Lord, I am willing to work. And sometimes we find ourselves in real predicaments. But God has always made a way for us to walk away from that situation and circumstance with favor and the respect of the people in whom we've shared the love of Christ with. Because it's the word of God working in them. It's the Holy Spirit speaking to them through two vessels who are just silly enough to take God at his word when God says, 
I will do this if you will do this. If you will obey me and follow my word and do my word, I will never leave you, Steve. I will never leave you, Tina. I will always protect you. I will always provide for you. And you know what? As I've said, he continues to do it, and it's amazing. What time do we get out of here? Okay. No, we can't do that. <laughs> All right. I'll ask JJ, tell me the truth. 11? Okay. That sounds good to Jay. That's, that's where we're at then. Ministry is work. You know, one thing, you know, I, I really was blessed. Um, my mother and father-in-law, I'm not tooting their horn, but I'm just saying the, the facts, just stating a fact. I was blessed to be able to, many times when Tina would take her mother somewhere, I would sit with dad and we would talk and dad would say things, to, you know, and share things and tell me things and, and I was very blessed. Um, dad was the only man to ever speak into my life and tell me that he loved me. And I looked, I just looked at him in, in kind of shock and disbelief, you know, the first time that he said that, because my own father had never done that. And, you know, a lot of times when we are, when we are out, just like with Knucklehead, you know, at the bathroom, you know, you want to you, you, you wanna, you show the love of Christ, but, you know, I wanted to show him something else. And I probably would have ended up in the floor, you know, and hurt and, you know, but point well made. But God calls us to be light. And we have to take light into the darkness. For the light that is within inside us dispels the darkness. And we've purposed in our heart that we are going to go into the dark places. The dark places. There's no sense in us hanging out in the light. Because everybody in here knows or has heard the message of the love of God. And how that Jesus Christ suffered and died and, and willingly laid his life down to pay a penalty for our sin. But those who are out in the darkness, those who choose to live in darkness and work in darkness and, and, and conduct deeds in darkness, those are the people that we're trying to reach. We're trying to reach the little kids so that they know that there's somebody that's not going to hurt them. That there's someone who's going to wrap their arms around them and tell them, look, Jesus loves you. You know, the kids get a kick out of it when Tina and I, when we go to the reservation or wherever we're at. or it, You know, as I said, we go, we go so many places and it's, it's, it's not all on the reservation. It's 
we worked in the downtown areas in Gallup, you know, with Pastor Carl Corley, and, and we minister, you know, we're going to go back this, this season, and we're going to minister on the streets to those who have no place to live. They're living in cardboard, wrapped up in boxes, and living out of old two-dollar-a-day motel rooms, you know. And we're going to help feed them and minister to them and love on them. And uh, I want to thank you for that opportunity. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving to the Lord, and thank you for giving us the opportunity to do that. So we've made the decision that people need to be saved, and we know that. And they need to be set free. We've made the decision that we must continue to go out into the darkness and the dark places to gather in the harvest and to make disciples. As we stand together in the darkness upon God's words and promises, where I'm reminded of John 1.1, 1, 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. And in him was life, and the life was the light of men. We're bringing light to dark places. You know, I, I just want to say this. In myself and of myself, I, I, I have nothing to offer except that which God has given me. But it's amazing what God has done. Last week, we sent out 60 cards. We do a lot of, <laughs> the people at the post office love us. <laughs> you know, I mean, uh, I, think, I think sometimes we're, we're supporting the uh, postal service quite well. But uh, we, we I sat down and wrote out cards to 60 pastors of 60 churches in which we ministered in last year and said, hey, we're going to be back in your hood. We're going to be back out this year. And, uh, you know, let us know how we can help. Um, we were given a list of 91 churches last year. But, you know, we're going back out again in winter. So that makes it kind of difficult to get to a lot of places because so many places are so remote. But there's nothing else that I would rather do than to serve God through all the days of my life and to continue to do what we do. You know, is it work? Yes, it's work. But you know what? We're also blessed. <laughs> We get to see a lot of beauty. As, you, as, as some of you who are Facebook junkies uh, or addicted to Facebook or, or are a common follower of my wife on Facebook, you'll see that she'll post hundreds of pictures of everything from rocks to mountains to flowers to bees to birds to whales to A to Z. But that's just, that's just a bonus for us. 
I've never seen whales, but you know what? For the first time that I've seen a whale, I was like, man, God, how great you are. To see that, that huge whale swimming down the Pacific Ocean, you know, off the Yurok Nation, you know, with its calf alongside of it, you know. We get to see the beauty of God, and we get to see the beauty of God's people that, that he created. God is so good to us. As we enter the harvest, we encounter multitudes of people who Satan and his demonic hordes have tried to destroy through domestic violence and abuse, sexual assaults, and trafficking. We, we, all of us together, if we unite in prayer and stand together in one accord, we can come against the enemy. God has equipped us with all that we need to go into warfare. He's given the armor of God. He's given us his word. He's given us his promise. We have the shed blood of Jesus Christ. We have the Holy Spirit living within us. Greater is he that lives within us than, you know, greater is he that lives within me than he who lives within the world. And folks, what, a, what an amazing time. I know I'm not being very eloquent this morning, and I didn't come to be eloquent. I just come to speak to you from my heart. There's a great, great need for, for the church. You know, let me put it this way. Many churches have yet to come to a realization that there's people outside their walls. They think that this is a culture club or some kind of club, organization, society, fraternity, something, some kind of make-me-feel-good group. You know, we'll all get together and sing Kumbaya and eat s'mores, you know, and pat each other on the back. That's not what we're here for. We're here to come in and hear the word of God and get filled up and get challenged and get stirred up and to hear and understand the, the things that, that Satan has planned and get mad about it and get aggravated about it and, and, and with righteous anger say, I'm not going to tolerate that not on my watch. And I'm going to fight and I'm going to fight and I'm going to fight until I take my last breath. I'm going to fight. And I'm not going to lay down and let the devil steal, kill, and destroy because of my unwillingness to leave the safety and security of my comfort zone. I'll be honest with you. There's times I've felt like it. There's times I've really felt like, you know what? What's the use? What's the use? God always takes me off to the side and he... I, I, like, to, I, I like to think of it like my grandfather used to do. My grandfather was a little bitty short guy and, and I'd walk alongside of him when I was a child and when I would disobey he would just, you know, just ever so gently on the backside of my behind, you know, he'd put his shoe and he said, now, listen to me. Sometimes I think God 
does that to me and says, listen, I know it's not always pleasant, but it wasn't pleasant for me. I know it's not easy because it wasn't easy for me, but it was about my father's will. It wasn't about what felt good. And again, I want to say thank you. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to go. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to share. Thank you for making it possible for us to be light and salt in dark places. I need a tissue. My goodness, my goodness, my goodness. <laughs> you know, Stan, these are not tears. I'm sweating, okay? okay? Just so you understand, these are not tears. <laughs> All right. I just want, to make, just want to make that clear as I wipe my eyes. These are not tears. You know, we're blessed. We reached out, like I said last week, to 60 different churches, 60 different pastors, and I got a quick story. I'm going to watch my clock for a time. Okay. We got a call from a pastor, Roy Hegemeyer, at the Way Church in Fort Mojave, Arizona. And just like Tina said, you know, when, with our trip to, first trip to Wind River, called Pastor Roy and said, hey, Pastor Roy, we are, we are headed towards Yuma, Arizona, and then from there we're coming up to your place, and we'll see you there, look forward to preaching at your church, look forward to speaking, you know, and, and doing whatever, you, whatever else you need us to do. And so we arrived. It was a long ride. It was a very long ride. Anybody notice the gas is not cheap anymore? <laughs> it was a long ride and God supplied. So anyway, we get there and we walk in the door and uh, the lady looks at us, at Tina and I, and says, oh, you're new here. And I said, uh, actually, we're here to speak this morning. And she goes, uh, well, pastor's very busy, and I'm not sure the pastor can see you. And I said, well, would you go and tell him that Steve and Tina are here? And she says, well, he's very busy. And I said, I understand. And I'm just standing there, and I'm thinking, wow, did I miss something? Yeah, this, this is the second time now. So we stood there and he comes out and he goes, oh, my brother, I am so sorry. I totally forgot. <laughs> and I said, oh, okay. <laughs> okay. I said, Lord, I don't know what plan B is, but whatever plan B is, you know, it's fine with me. I don't, it, this is your show. So Pastor Roy gets up and he says, you know, I want to introduce to you my new friends who I just met. <laughs> and he said, uh, so he came up, we came up and, and spoke for about five minutes and he went on to talk about, his message was about revival and growth in the church. And... Uh, I told the pastor afterwards, I said, hey, uh, 
I brought books for your church. And I said, if you would let the folks know if they come by after service, they can pick up a book and have a book. Um, there's no charge. We just want to sow seed into your ministry. And uh, three weeks later, he calls and he said, hey. I said, what? He said, I need more books. I said, what do you mean? I said, I gave you 200. <laughs> what do you mean you need more books? He said, revival has hit us. He said, we were, we're reading through the book. And he said, people are, are repenting and people are getting their lives straight with God and new people are coming in and said, we don't have room to contain them. And he said, we're thinking about going to a third service. And he said, I, how do I get more books? And I said, well, I said, you're going to call, you're gonna have to call and talk to Vic because I don't have any. But long story short, we, we got more books to him. And they are still going through revival. You see, we don't always understand how God works. And what seems to be a setback is actually a step forward. You know, we don't see things as God sees things always. The only thing that I am certain of, folks, is this, is that God has been so good to Tina and I, you know, and in and, and calling us to do this. And we're honored to do this from Grace Church Ministries on behalf of Grace Church Ministries. We thank Pastor Ron and the elders and everyone who has, who has been a part of us doing this. You know, the other thing is that on a weekly basis, we send out these little devotionals to pastors on text messaging. I'm not real good with the smartphone. Smartphone's smarter than I am. But I've, we send out 40, 42 average texts two to three times a week just to encourage pastors because they're in the battle. They're, they're, they're right there in the midst of it all. And our job is to encourage them and to support them and to be there for them on their hands and knees. I'm going to close with this, this verse. And um, our sister Desiree up at Wind River read this and it hit me like a truck. And uh, Holy Spirit said, "You know, you're, you, you think about this, and I'm 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 going to make this one of my new life verses. I've got the whole book full of life verses, but this is this is very special." Acts chapter 20, verse 24. Uh, we find, starting up in verse 17, Paul is, is speaking to the uh, Ephesian elders there, and he's exhorting them. But in v verse 24, Paul says, 
that none of these things move me. And he's talking about the circumstances and situations in his life. He says, none of these things move me, nor do I count my life dear to myself, so that I may finish my race with joy and the ministry which I received from the Lord to testify to the gospel of the grace of God. You know, when it's all said and done and over with, the only thing that matters is what we've done for Christ. When it's all said and done and over with, the only thing that matters is what did you do? What did you do to advance the kingdom of God? God calls us to go. He calls us to work. He calls us to love. And many times he calls us to love the most unlovely. But it was because somebody who loved me when I was so unlovable and unlovely. And I was at a very, very low point in my life when I came to Christ. I never dreamed that God would have a plan for me. I didn't know that God could even use a person like me. But this, Tina's put this little plaque up. What does it say? Something, but it's a tribute to the grace of God in, in your life. It's all, it's, 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 I, I don't remember what it says now. It, my mind has gone blank. And I look and I see what God has done. And I say, God, you know, you, you did all this. I didn't do it. And folks, I just want to say, again, thank you for giving to the Lord. Thank you for giving us an opportunity to share. Thank you for blessing us to bless others with the clothes, with the Narcan, with the, the gifts of love that you present us with. It is truly appreciated. God is so good. I don't think we've yet begun to scratch the surface of what God has yet in store for us. Because as the days grow darker, the light's going to get brighter. And I'm looking for a time when we become, you know, I, I've heard it over the years, and Miss Betty, help, help me if I, if I say it wrong, that we were a beacon, a light set upon a hill. Yes. You know, we're not finished being that light. You know, sometimes we have to get out there and clean the lens off that light, you know, just like a searchlight. Sometimes we may have to go out and Windex in a rag, you know, wipe it down, bright again, change the bulb. But we're not finished. Listen, we love you. We appreciate you. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and give you his peace. In Jesus' name. Thank you. Amen. Amen.
Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tina, for sharing a little bit about the ministry that you guys have and what God's laid on your heart. While Steve was talking, 1 Corinthians 3 came to my mind, and Paul said, I've planted, and Apollos has watered, but God has given the increase. And so if God's the one who gives the increase, then God's the one who deserves the glory. It's not Grace Church. It's not Steve and Tina. We point to him. And so thank you guys for sharing that. Will you guys stand this morning? Hallelujah. God, we just give you praise in this place. Thank you that you are working and you're moving. And God, as we think of pastor this morning, you're healing you're providing, you're restoring. You're the one that we look to and you're the one that has our focus. God, we just speak blessings over Steve and Tina and the ministry that you've laid on their heart. God, continue to provide safety, provide the, the means and the funds, give them favor where they go and thank you for your grace in every situation of their life. God, in all that we do today, I pray that we would point to you and glorify you. And we will give you praise for all that you do in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You guys have a great day. You are dismissed.